Welcome to Hospitals in Focus from the Federation of American Hospitals. Here's your host, Chip Kahn. Hello, and welcome to Hospitals in Focus. We appreciate your listening. Our guest today is working to reshape the current provision of health care and using cutting-edge technology to make the care continuum more patient-friendly. Marty Bonick is the president and CEO of Arden Health Services, one of the largest taxpaying health systems in the U.S. He is also a current Federation board member and past chair. Thanks for joining us, Marty. Thanks for having me, Chip. Glad to be here with you. Marty, uh, to get started, unfortunately, here in Washington, policymakers and influencers sometimes focus on cost, not care. But at the end of the day, we do have to worry about costs. Uh, And I know that you are working hard for your patients to reduce their costs. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, Chip. I mean, costs are something we all have to to contend with across this industry and across the world. Um, We've all experienced the impacts of inflation. We're seeing how that's playing out with interest rates. We're seeing how that's playing out with uh, salaries, the supply chain, and and the costs are a day-to-day reality for the healthcare system. It's something that we're all very much focused on. How do we take costs out of the system? And at the same time, as you said, provide quality of care um, to the patients that are relying upon us. And it's a real balancing act, but it's an imperative, I'd say, for the industry and for us at Ardent in terms of making sure that we're, we're, we're doing things in a cost-effective manner while still providing that uh, the, the patient care and the quality and the accessibility that our patients expect and deserve from us. Marty, I, I hope I'm not speaking out of school to say that you recently were a patient yourself uh, after a serious accident. Can you tell us a bit about that experience, uh, what happened to you, and, and what did you learn from actually uh, being in a hospital and, and being, in a sense, at the front line, not as a provider, but uh, as a patient? Yeah, Chip, it's uh, it's something I've talked about pretty openly. And, uh, you know, after 25 plus years in this industry of, of leading health systems and working in health systems, to actually be a real patient uh, for the first time in my life outside of a doctor's visit or an ER visit or something like that, it, it was really eye-opening. I, uh, short story, had a, uh, I was training for an Ironman race and I was in a bicycle accident, was hit by a car actually, and ended up in a local uh, hospital's trauma unit for a few days. And what the experience really, the impression it left on me is that we've got great caregivers, we've got great nurses and technicians and physicians that are all just trying to do their best to take care of patients. And this was uh, still uh, a little over a year ago during the the sort of peak of the the COVID pandemic. And so people were really busy um, and yet they were still super attentive to my care, my needs. And um, just doing the best they can with the resources that they have to, to offer. But, but what it caused me to realize is as I reflect back on the experience and particularly once I was discharged from the hospital and still had to access outpatient services for, uh, for MRI study, for an imaging, st- uh, for a, uh, ASC visit, for physical therapy, et cetera, is just how cumbersome the system is to deal with. Trying to get a, uh, insurance pre-authorization to be able to get care that's obviously needed is just a, a hurdle the runaround that, uh, you know, caregivers have to go through to be able to provide the care that they want to and yet still deal with the administrative billing burdens, uh, you know, are, are just clunky. The technology hasn't caught up to where it is on our iPhones where we can just, you know, really control our lives from pretty much anywhere we are. And in healthcare, we're still, have historically been in this, you know, pick up the phone, dial a number, navigate a phone tree, be put on hold, get disconnected. You know, we, we've really made it cumbersome for people to access services. 
I can go online and book a haircut. Why can't I go online and book a physical therapy visit or a doctor's visit? And so I know a lot of health systems are focused on this, including Ardent. Um, but for, for me, the wake up call was we really have to provide that customer accessibility, that customer focus as if uh, we're treating consumers, not patients. Patients, it's Latin for uh, somebody that's being acted on, but nobody really wants to be acted on. We, we, we are actively involved in the care that we receive and uh, we want to be treated where our voice is heard, our input is sought out, our uh, time is valued, our money is valued. And, uh, you know, historically that's not how the system's been set up. And so, you know, there's all this talk about what health systems are doing to take costs out of the system. Well, it starts with taking the friction out of the system. We do have to rely upon, you know, being able to work with payers and, and other uh, constituents inside the industry. But but for us at Ardent, you know, we want to make our facilities the easiest, friendliest, most accessible and cost effective uh, services that people can can, can access. And we're, they're doing it on their terms versus our terms. You know, just because we've built these buildings, um, if people can access in a virtual way through telehealth, then we need to make sure that that's an option. And, and if we don't, you know, there's disruptors out there that are going to come and try to take that business away from us. And so it, it was, you know, my, my personal experience really was a, a wake up call and gives me a platform as a leader with Ardent and our uh, eight markets that we uh, provide service in across the United States to be able to focus on delivering that consumer experience that they experience everywhere else in their life and, and being able to do that in a friendly, accessible, uh, service-oriented way. I think you're getting at it a bit, but in a sense, how did that experience change your vision for Ardent as Ardent's CEO? We are looking and, and really reevaluating how we do business across the board. You know, one of the tangible outputs is every health system nowadays has an EMR system, but it's, it's amazing um, how much paper we still have in our system. And so we have a, a ban the clipboard committee. You know, anywhere that comes into our facility should be able to access us digitally. Um, you know, we have Epic as our EHR provider. And they've got a great patient app called MyChart. And you should be able to do anything from that without having to go and fill out paper forms. You think about how much PHI, or I call it PFI, uh, personal financial information, end up getting passed around in clipboards. And, and we wonder when, you know, systems experience breaches and things like that uh, in the world that we live in, you know, how that plays into it. So we want to make sure that we're providing friendly, accessible here, a, a digital front end to our system. And then um, accessing our system, whether that's a hospital, whether that's a clinic, whether that's an ASC, an uh, urgent care center, that we have accessible ways for people to access our schedules online, to, uh, to message providers securely online, and just to take the friction out of that, that care experience that's historically existed. You know, we've had this, uh, this mentality as an industry, I think, for far too long that we have built it and you must come, kind of this field of dreams mentality. And uh, we, we really have to understand how the consumer thinks, what they value, and how do we provide that service to them. And so everything that we're doing is really focused around this consumer mindset, where they receive services, how they receive services, and doing it in a, in a digitally enabled and connected way. Marty, as you take these processes to that uh, other level and make them truly seamless uh, for patients and, and their families, uh, what do you think the effect of technological innovation like machine learning, artificial intelligence, chat GPT is going to have on that patient experience and maybe even have some implications for reducing costs. The promise is certainly there. It's up to us to seize that opportunity to uh, to accept that. The change needs to happen and, and the technologies like AI and machine learning can be a part of that solution. Um, it, it's not going to be an immediate uh, sea change. It's not going to be a silver bullet. 
But, but if we don't embrace these technologies, others are going to figure that out. And so a few examples that come to mind, you know, in terms of improving the patient experience via outcomes, we've partnered with a company called BioIntelliSense. And this device is, is a small patch about the size of a silver dollar that um, will replace blood pressure monitoring, uh, EKG tracing, respirations, pulse ox, et cetera. So all of the core vital signs that our caregivers are having to go around and collect from patients on a you know routine schedule three, four, or five times a day, this little button, it's called the bio button, can record all of those vitals, document them in the chart. And, and so we're, we're making life easier for our nurses, but, but from our patient's perspective, you know, we're, we're actually improving the outcome. So if a patient is improving quicker than we might otherwise notice if we're only taking vital signs three or four times a day, um, this, this, this little bio button is collecting uh, vital signs on a minute by minute basis. And we can detect if somebody's improving quicker um, and hopefully get them home sooner, which is what everybody wants. Um, it's, it's, it's better service to our patients and it's, it's more cost-effective care. At the same time, if somebody's deteriorating, you know, oftentimes we don't see that um, as quickly as we'd like to when a patient ends up in a, in a rapid response situation or, or, or worst case gets admitted to an ICU uh, because they, their conditions deteriorated. We're going to be able to see that. And, and this bio button can involve machine learning and, and algorithms to detect that, that improvement in a patient's function or, um, or not. You know, more efficient for our nurses. They're not spending time collecting vitals. They're able to analyze what the information's saying. We're getting more of it and, and ultimately to benefit the outcomes for our patients. And um, all of that actually helps us reduce our cost of providing care as well. The quicker we can get somebody well and get them home or uh, prevent something more serious, a complication from occurring, you know, that's all better care, better outcomes, better cost. Yes, and maybe even some patients get a full night's sleep exactly. uh, in a hospital exactly. Exactly. that they can't get right now uh, because of those uh, visits into the room, appropriate visits for uh, taking vitals every X number of hours. And that actually moves well onto our, our, our next topic, which is related to this, which is the monitoring and other factors are leading to uh, a new disruption, whether we want to call it hospital without walls or hospital at home, there are many concepts now, uh, and you alluded to it earlier, that there's a stretch now beyond the hospital as a single institution and taking some, for some patients where it's appropriate, taking what's done in a hospital and doing it in a, a much uh, friendlier, easier environment for them. How do you see this disruption? What effect do you think it will have? And frankly, are hospitals or are, are systems like Arden going to be ahead of the game here or will it uh, fall to others uh, to carry out this disruption? Well, Chip, I, I've been uh, asked this question before and, and my answer is this, this is ours to lose. And, um, you know, when you think about disruption, I was listening to another podcaster and uh, uh, Scott Galloway, if anybody's heard of him before, is up in, out in New York. And he was talking about disruptors and all the focus and attention that goes on them. But he says, really, the, the, the real uh, emphasis on who is the one that the disruptor is disrupting? You know, that's where the focus is. And, you know, I think, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, healthcare systems have had this mentality that everybody has to come to us. They need to receive care the way we want to do it. And disruptors are saying it shouldn't be like that. And, and you know, frankly, I'd agree with them. You know, and again, from my patient experience, that's that's how I felt. And so it's, it's up to us to embrace this new way of thinking. And so I think health systems are really in the prime position to benefit um, from this disruption, but we need to do it to ourselves. And at the end of the day, 
I, I've said, you know, I'm not afraid of an Amazon or a CVS or an Optum, uh, you know, coming into our markets and providing little point solution, niche solutions like a, a telehealth offering. Um, we provide telehealth services at our system, you know, so Amazon's not bringing anything new to us when they spent a lot of money buying a one medical group and are now broadcasting this telemedicine platform across uh, their Amazon website. We do the same things. Um, but what happens when that patient needs something beyond a telehealth visit? You know, so many of our patients today are really sick. They've got complications and comorbidities and they end up in a position where they need a lab test or they need an imaging study or some type of follow-up um, from that telehealth visit. Well, we've got a self-contained ecosystem where we can provide all those services and procedures for them. And so we're really completing the loop. And so again, at Arden, the way we focused on this is really changing the narrative and not looking at ourselves so much as a, a hospital company, but really a uh, a health services organization focused around the consumer and their needs, um, including hospitalization, if that's what they need. Um, but I think that's where the, the health systems really need to focus. And, and it is going to be a shift. Um, you know, we've historically been an industry of heads and beds or, you know, we're tra tracking admissions and surgeries and adjusted admissions. But but there's so many services that people need. And in the absence of the healthcare systems embracing that, there has been room for, quote, disruptors to come into the industry and offer a different solution. But, but to me, that's all opportunity for us to provide better continuity of care, better stickiness with our patients and leading with our physicians who know what those services are that our patients need. But historically, as health systems, we might not have focused. Consistent with this, and as you mentioned, uh, Ardent was an early adapter of virtual uh, nursing and other smart patient technologies. Uh, how does this work? And what has been your experience so far with taking new technologies and integrating them either into the current structure or trying to push them in to uh, uh, new kinds of services uh, that you want to replicate in other settings like you described? Yeah, two thoughts come to mind there. One is we're trying to make our hospitals smarter. Technology is our friend. Um, and historically, I would say that, that maybe in our industry, we've seen technology as a bit of a burden. Um, that has been pushed onto our providers and, and the providers have to work for the technology. I, I think we're at a tipping point um, and where technology really can help our providers do their jobs better, more effective, more efficient. Um, if we don't have enough nurses out in the industry, and this is going to be a problem for some time to come, then how do we embrace technology that's going to make it easier for them to do their jobs and, and, and truly have technology working on their behalf? And so you know, we have embraced virtual nursing and virtual attending services where we can um, bring nurses into the patient room and do some of those those activities that take our bedside nurses away from truly taking care of patients, but have to be done. Admission notes, discharge notes, medication reconciliation. These are, are time intensive, important activities. But if a nurse has multiple patients they're caring for, they, they can't be spending, you know, 30 or 45 minutes with one patient and then potentially missing a call light or a medication administration or something else with, with their other patients. And so this is a way to extend the workforce, zoom the nurse into where they, they can be most helpful to supporting the nurses that are, are, are at the bedside and, and helping to extend the work. And again, this isn't about, you know, taking jobs away. Um, this is more dealing with the reality is that we, we can't find enough nurses as it is today across the industry. Nurses are at a premium. They're very hard to find. So we want to create systems where we make it easy for nurses to want to work for us. We're giving them the support tools, whether it's technology or other nurses at a virtual setting to help come in and, and take care of our patients and, um, 
create a new team environment where we've got technology and people working together to provide the optimal care to patients that need them. You know, this is really exciting, but at the same time, we've got some groups out there uh, representing, uh, you know, labor groups, that, organizations that represent uh, some nurses and other uh, groups that, in a sense, are raising red flags about the emerging technologies and seeing them as meaning less care rather than more. And in some ways, I, I think they, they see an alternative universe from the one you just described. But we've got to face up to the fact that they're out there, they're making these arguments, they're arguing for nursing ratios and other approaches. Uh, how do you sort of respond to the, the labor group's criticisms of what seems to be a trend to make caregiving uh, better for the patient at the time that it focuses the, focuses the nurse away from a lot of the busy work they've had to do historically. Chip, I, you know, I, I, I don't know how to say it nicely, but I would just say that, you know, that the groups that are thinking like that are just a bit tone deaf to their membership. If there were more nurses out there to be had, we'd be hiring them. I don't know a system out there that isn't looking to hire good quality nurses. And again, as I said before, um, our investment in technology is not to reduce the nurses at the bedside or to reduce ratios. It's really to support and augment the care and think about delivering care in different ways. You know, uh, some of the nurses that we have in our virtual nurse program are people that couldn't uh, physically, you know, do nursing at the bedside anymore. They couldn't be on their feet for 12 hours. We had some that were, were long-term employees with us that their spouses got relocated out of the market and uh, they wanted to work with us. And now we're giving them a way to be able to continue to work with us in that way. So again, this is about job creation, about delivering care in a different model uh, and re re understanding uh, the, the, the labor market as it is that we've had you know twice as many retirements as we've had new nurses come in over the last couple of years. The pandemic has really paid a toll on this industry it's also created opportunities for nurses to find uh, jobs outside of the traditional healthcare system roles, either acute or post-acute. And um, we we just have a reckoning that we have to deal with. And so I think we have to find ways, again, of embracing technology to support our caregivers, to, to make and create facilities that uh, nurses want to, to work in because they know they're getting the support and the help and from smart technology that actually is a help and not a burden to them delivering care. So so again, I, I hear the criticisms and I just keep saying that this is not about trying to take nurses away from the bedside. It's just about how do we better support them in delivering the care that they want to deliver to their patients and, and that our patients deserve. Marty, as we close out, what do you see next as the great challenges for Ardent? And in a sense, you know, what comes next for Ardent? Yeah, we're seeing millions of patients every year, and, and that's uh, one of the things that we're really focusing on is, is how do we, again, put, put that consumer need at the center of everything we do and realize that we're more than hospitals. Um, we, we are a health services organization, so we are really focusing on growing outside of the four walls of the hospital. Our hospital is our core and, and, and the ultra important to what we do in delivering care. But so much of the care that patients are needing is in an outpatient arena. And for us to be relevant and for us to be sustainable uh, for the future, we have to make sure that we're providing that, that continuum of care and creating the relationships to have those opportunities to serve patients in other modalities, whether that's physical or virtual. So we're investing in technologies like telehealth, as I mentioned before, but also remote patient monitoring, chronic care management, really focusing on our physicians as the, as the tip of the spear from our value-based uh, care networks and and understanding what our patients need and, and what's the right setting, what's the right cost affordable setting for them to receive that care. 
And it may not always be the hospital. And, and again, if we don't embrace that thinking, then others are out there trying to do that. And then we're left with, with fewer and fewer patients. And so for us at Ardent, it really is about being that consumer-driven health services organization focus, including hospitals, but, uh, but most importantly, thinking about the patient's needs um, from their perspective first and, and delivering those services in the, in the most appropriate setting. Marty, thank you so much for joining us today. It's so good to hear from the real world. Uh, about what's happening in healthcare and what's important and how we're all working to improve patient care. Thanks, Chip. It's great to be here with you today and to be able to share our story. Thanks for listening to Hospitals in Focus from the Federation of American Hospitals. Learn more at FAH.org. Follow the Federation on social media at FAH Hospitals and follow Chip at Chip Khan. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Hospitals in Focus. Join us next time for more in-depth conversations with healthcare leaders.